Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast for Thursday, a nice sunny day settling into summer. I want to imagine that the Pirates got a pretty good attendance at PNC Park yesterday. Um, There was a lot of Dodger fans there for whatever reason, and there was also a lot of people from my neck of the woods where I am right now, northeastern Pennsylvania, um, because they knew Scranton Max Cranick was going to be the piggyback guy. Um, So... A lot of guys came from this area. He he grew up around Scranton, like in the Scranton suburbs. It's not a Scranton's not a big town. It's like bigger than Altoona, but um, bigger than Johnstown, I guess. Now, you know, Johnstown at one point was kind of a booming area, um, but I suppose that you could say that they have suburbs, you know, because otherwise it would probably just be real small towns around here. So um, he is from one of the Scranton suburbs, um, the high school around here. And uh, he did a good job yesterday. Uh, and I I did tweet that I was worried about Max Kranich going against this lineup. And he um, got some good fly balls. Uh, he kind of got out of a jam one time by a line drive right at him that he caught and got a double play off the guy on second. So he did a good job. I think he did a nice job pitching. I mean, he's always thrown hard. It's just a matter of uh, mixing in other stuff and staying healthy. So... Um, I think Max Kranich has an opportunity to help this team this year. Um, Dylan Peters did a nice job. Uh, I don't know why they didn't keep him in a little bit longer, but they seem sort of um, sold on this idea that he's only going to go three innings because he may run into trouble the second the second time around the lineup. And um, I don't know if that's true or not, um, but the guy they got from Tampa Bay probably has a good feeling on that. You know, that's the way they like to do things. And he probably understands, like he probably has some history or whatever um, of how that works. So uh, if they know what they're doing, you know, I mean, I can't complain. He's still pitching well. So they seem to know what they're doing. Um, The key to the Pirates win yesterday over the Dodgers was when it was three to three and they had a, Dodgers had a runner on second and nobody out and they were able to, um, keep the Dodgers from taking the lead. I mean, that was pretty much the key in the game um, because a lot of times a comeback team will tie the game. And if you notice, if they only come back to tie the game, you know, and they use up all that energy and that point of the lineup, um, you see that in basketball a lot too, that um, the other team ends up winning. Now, if you're able to take a lead, it puts a little more pressure on the other team. And sometimes they use their bullpen a little bit differently. And things like that. So the fact that they held the game at 3-3 gave them an opportunity to win. And it kind of shows the Dodgers that you can't just sleepwalk through bad teams. Uh, They lost two out of three to Arizona, who actually has a winning record this year now. Um, They um, extended Marte and they did sign a couple guys. Um, So Arizona uh, put a little bit of effort into their team because they actually had a worse record than um, the Pirates last year as did Baltimore, and I think the Texas Rangers were the other team that may have had a worse record than uh, the Pirates last year. Uh, The Rangers spent some money, um, but it has not worked out for them, Um, especially Marcus Semien, who looks like maybe the worst free agent signing of all time, So, um, except maybe that uh, Strasburg signing for um, Washington. Uh, But in any case, you have it, you know, you'll have this. Um, there was a guy on Twitter that had a really cool, uh, 
quote yesterday. I thought it was some next level stuff. I mean, I've heard people say, um, your web of deceit. Uh, but he said that I am stuck in my web of nonsense. And I was like, you know what? I really have to have like a, um, like a feature on the podcast, the web of nonsense. And I guess today's web of nonsense would be Jack Suwinski. Um, I like what he's doing. He's a good defender. Um, he definitely had a good game yesterday, and he kept himself above the Mendoza line, which bought himself more time in the uh, major leagues. Um, now then, the nonsense would be the difference between that and some people that are already saying like, oh, maybe he's the next Brian Reynolds. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves here, right? I mean, he's hanging in there. Um, he's been up for about a month, and he's doing better than some guys. Um, so, you know... That's good, you know, but we don't have to get way ahead of ourselves and say that he's going to be the next Brian Reynolds. It doesn't have to be like one or the other, you know. Most of the time, it's somewhere in between, you know. And I think that's the case with Diego Castillo. Um, he's somewhere in between, you know. He's um, a good shortstop. He made some good plays again yesterday, and he makes most of the plays. He looks like a professional out there. Uh, and he hits enough, you know. I mean, he's not going to be this super great hitter, probably. But he's probably a 240, 250 hitter with some pop. You know, we don't know that for sure yet because it's still pretty early for Diego Castillo. Uh, we don't know if he'll stick in the major leagues. Um, but we do know that um, so far he's definitely shown some signs of being able to stick in the major leagues, you know. And it just depends on how the pitchers um, adjust to him after the All-Star break and next year if he's still in the lineup. Um, and that, a lot of that will depend on Kevin Newman. Um, some of that will depend on guys coming up. Um, I hear that we're going to bring up Rodolfo Castro today, which starts another interesting conversation. Probably the hottest subject on Twitter today in Pirates land is, um, does uh, Rodolfo Castro coming up mean that um, Cole Tucker is finally going to be gone? Uh, if you're going to send him down to AAA, you might as well just DFA the guy. I mean, just give the guy a break. It's obviously not going to happen for the guy, um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if they will send down, um, uh, send him down. They might send another pitcher down, you know, um, although um, the uh, Reds lineup is really heating up. Colin Moran hit another three-run home re run yesterday. Uh, he has four home runs in five games. As you know, I would have kept Colin Moran if you go back and listen to my podcasts. Um, I think he did enough last year to keep him. Um, he's only 29 years old. Uh, when he was healthy last year, he did well. And, you know, he always had that potential to be a good player. Um, something that we've never seen with Cole Tucker. I mean, I guess people say that he had a nice September last year. But even in September last year, when he got a few hits and had a few good games, um, he was bad in the outfield. You know, he never really had a good stretch. Like Colin Moran, who's got over 1,500 at-bats in the major leagues, you know. I just don't know why you would give up on a proven player like Colin Moran or give up on a proven player like Chad Cool until you have to because you didn't have anybody knocking on the door. You know, like we haven't brought in anybody better than those guys. I mean, Yoshi is much, much worse than Colin Moran. His defense is terrible. Um, he doesn't hit as many home runs. He doesn't hit as, for as good an average. He really doesn't do anything as good as Colin Moran. And Colin Moran was a popular guy here. So I just don't understand that uh, move. 
And, you know, there's a lot of things that um, uh, BC, Ben Sherrington, does that I question. Um, but bringing in veterans to hold to be placeholders, I never really questioned that. I know a lot of the fans didn't like Van Meter. Um, but he has 17 career home runs. I think, I guess, 18 career home runs and 600 at-bats. So the guy hits some home runs. He plays a pretty good second base, other than that ball that went through his wickets the other day. I mean, you would probably rather have him up here than someone who's not ready, you know, like O'Neill Cruz before he's ready. Because why have O'Neill Cruz come up and go 0 for 20 um, if you can get him right in AAA? And that's what people don't want to hear. That's what's unpopular. They just see Cruz as a star and that's it, you know? They just see, um, I don't know, generational or just, you know, whatever they want to hear is what they see, you know? They see the exit velos. Um, they see he has the potential to be this or that, you know, um, a unicorn, a freak, uh, whatever you want to say about O'Neill Cruz. But, you know, you couldn't have brought him up this year. Um, you could have started him with the team this year, but he would have been sent down a while ago, you know, just for poor play. Um, and, you know, so I guess the team knew that he wasn't ready. Um but people just remember like that rooftop home run or the home runs from his knees or stuff like that. Being a major league player is being able to do something every day consistency, you know? It's not about your highlight reel if you can't make the plays the rest of the time. So, I mean, I get that O'Neill Cruz and Mason Martin have superpower, you know, and they they're hot and cold. You know, they get it done sometimes and sometimes they don't. Um, but they haven't really developed the consistency. Uh, neither of them are ready to come up because they haven't developed the consistency in the minor leagues yet to where, you know, you can risk playing them on your major league team. And I guess there's no risk in playing them on the major league team other than losing confidence. I mean, if look what happened to Anthony Alford, you know, if um, one of those guys comes up and goes 0 for 25 there's going to be booing. There's going to be people all over Pirates Twitter, you know, especially with Mason Martin because people love to hate the guy. Uh, and it's just not necessary. And you don't want to have more than a couple rookies in your lineup at one time. You know, it's just not good. Um, it's not the way to win long term or short term. Uh, now, I'm not sure that the Pirates do have a long term plan, um, but I think when you win a series against the Dodgers, it buys you a little bit of like relief. You know, it gives you that feeling that, okay, maybe we are heading in the right direction. You know, uh, everybody was feeling good yesterday. I think someone was on Twitter actually said he wanted to thank Ben Sherrington. And it's the same guy that said he wanted to kill Ben Sherrington a week ago or days ago after they lost to uh, Cincinnati. So you'll have that. You'll have those ups and downs. And I think that's why people think I spew a web of nonsense, you know, because I'm very impulsive. And I just have ups and downs from watching sports because, hey, if you're not going to have ups and downs from watching sports, why would you watch sports? You know, that's the fun is you never know what's going to happen. Um, you get to play Monday morning quarterback. You get to overreact. You get to get excited and you get to get frustrated. And, you know, you don't want to kick the dog, but maybe you throw something across the room. You know, I mean, I don't really get like that with teams anymore because I don't root for any teams. I used to, you know, I used to be the biggest fan like you could ever imagine, um, for the Phillies probably was my biggest team. But, I mean, I've rooted for the Mets. I've rooted for the Phillies. Lots of different teams at lots of different times. 
the Pirates in uh, 14, 15. Um, I got a little tired of them in 2016, and it was probably just the same reason that everybody got tired of them in 2016. And I, and I mean, I was still following them, but I didn't watch them as much probably. And I didn't, um, I had a lot of stuff going on in my life at that time, like with a divorce and a crazy girlfriend that just, I don't think I was spending too much time watching the Pittsburgh Pirates, but I was still following them as my main team, you know, before I started this podcast last year in 2021. I think in 2020, when we had the pandemic, I realized how much I missed baseball. And then going through a depression and stuff like that was pretty tough. It was a pretty serious, major depressive disorder, you know, where I had to go into a facility for a week. Uh, It was bad. I mean, my head was bad. My chemicals were all kinds of screwed up. I was thinking just all kinds of nonsensical thoughts and just not, well, I mean, when you don't feel good for a period of time and your brain is telling you to kill yourself, you got to go get help, you know? So, I mean, you got to, you guys should keep that in mind. Like if you ever get to that point, you really need to get help, you know, because you can always find a bed somewhere, you know, where you can get your act back together, you know, talk to other people that are in the same situation, get out of what other current stresses you're in and just reboot, you know? And even when you do that, it takes a long time to get feeling good again. You know, it's a long struggle. You know, you got to get out of there. You got to keep busy. You got to just do things that you would normally do, even if it doesn't feel real or even if it doesn't feel like, you know, um, you want to do it. You know, you just have to get out of bed and do the things you would normally do. And then you get back to feeling good. And consequently, when I did get back to feeling good again, I got back to feeling pretty darn good. You know what I mean? Like once you hit that low, um, it puts things, it puts lots of things into perspective, you know? And it's like, why am I worrying about this, you know? So you're going to have those highs and lows in life. Um, You're going to go through the web of nonsense of life. I mean, you're going to be going round and round most of the time. Like that Pink Floyd song, Ups and Downs. But most of all, it's only round and round, <laughs> like us and them. It's true. I mean, that's life. You know, you just have to, sometimes it's really going to suck. And sometimes your mental health is going to be bad to where you don't feel good for periods of time, you know. And then you also have to come up with your own coping mechanisms, whatever it might be, you know. Like now, this time of year, you could go take a walk or you could lay in the sun or you could do something, you know. Um, get out of the house at least to... um Get yourself feeling better. Uh, And that's just what you have to do. So um, just a little mental health check in there as we talk about the web of nonsense that is, you know, the world. (laughs) So, I mean, I guess I made a comment that um, Jack Suwinski didn't look like a major league player. And then uh, Brian on Twitter, a friend of mine on Twitter, um, said, hey, you said he was obviously not. He exaggerated a little bit. Obviously not a major league player. So then I apologized about it. And then the guy made the comment about my web of nonsense. So I'll have to, you know, bring that um, into the podcast every once in a while. What is the web of nonsense going on today in Pirates baseball? Um, But anyway, yeah, Jack Suwinski with the home run and another hit um, definitely kept himself in the conversation. I mean, for now, he's on the team and that's all you can ask for a rookie. Same thing with Diego Castillo. He's hanging in there. Both of those guys, I like their defense, which is more important, you know, because you can't give runs away, which is why Lyover Paguero and um, uh, 
O'Neill Cruz, who are hitting the ball really well, are still big question marks as to whether they'll make an impact in the major leagues or be able to be an everyday major league player because they're going to have to find a position for themselves, you know? And if O'Neill Cruz is going to be a DH or a first baseman, he's going to have to hit consistently enough to stay at that position, you know? And it's hard to find a professional player, which is why you don't give away guys like Colin Moran and Chad Cool, even if they're not the best. They're still, they were still professional players on your team. And until you have someone better, you know, that's proven to be better, not a Yoshi whose career numbers were not as good as Moran's, whose defense we knew was shoddy, just because he has a good run in September, you don't, well, you could bring him back, but you don't have to dump Colin Moran, you know, because you'd have a better solution now. You'd have Moran at first full time. And then you'd have like um, Chavis at second. And then you wouldn't have to play Chavis at first. He's not that great defensively anywhere. And then, um, and we don't know for sure that Chavis is as good as Colin Moran. I mean, he's good right now, but his career, his average is about a 240. And I looked up Moran's career average. It's about 25 points higher than that. And those things make a big difference. You know, 25 points makes a big difference over the course of seasons. And if you're trying to build a team, you know, you have to go with the guy who's better. And someone brought up Moneyball yesterday, and Moneyball makes a good point. I'm a big fan of Moneyball. Um, I just, you know, I think it's nonsense how um, we talk about exit velos and launch angles and stuff like that. I mean, it's fun for fans, but you don't want your players thinking about that stuff. But anyway, I like the I like the, the game Moneyball, and I always like the uh, Oakland A's uh, and the way they operate. And I think they won again yesterday, you know. I mean, they always have some good players in their system. They do things right, like the um, like the St. Louis Cardinals, like the Tampa Bay Rays. There's a handful of teams that just do everything right. The Dodgers do everything right, and they have unlimited amounts of money. So, I mean, yeah, it's, they are just the evil team. You know, even more than the Yankees these days, the Dodgers are that evil team. That want that you want to beat. I guess they're like um, Tom Brady's New England Patriots were in the last decade. You know, um, the team that everybody loves to hate, unless you're a fan. You know, which is some people, uh, but most people really got tired of Tom Brady winning all the time, and they just weren't a fan. Particularly in Pittsburgh, I think because there's been a couple really good Steelers teams that have lost to the Patriots in the playoffs. Um, I think that's why Pittsburgh. You know, it doesn't like um, Tom Brady. I'm not sure why Pittsburgh doesn't like um, Derek Jeter um, because the Yankees don't really play the Pirates that much. But there's a lot of Pittsburgh hate for Derek Jeter and people that say, like, he didn't deserve to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, which is kind of weird. I mean, um, he obviously does. So, uh, but yeah, there's certain guys that. Pittsburgh fans love to hate, you know? I mean, I know they don't like the Flyers, but the Flyers are terrible this year. Um, They don't like the Phillies for some reason, maybe going back to the 70s. But I think a lot of it is, as I talked about on a previous podcast, is that Philadelphia's bigger. They have more political power. They have more jobs. um, That the Pirates, or Pittsburgh, is just sort of like the little sister for them. Just like Philadelphia is a little sister for New York who has those same things, you know, much more money, much more power, stuff like that. So 
These are the things that go on in different cities. And then Pittsburgh doesn't like Cleveland because they're fairly close. Um, they're, fairly, they're fairly similar cities. Although Pittsburgh has made so many more smart moves as far as improving their city. Starting in the 1980s when they made it a banking city with Mellon and PSFS and PNC Bank and all that stuff. Um, it's a much cleaner, nicer place to live than Cleveland you know, who just looks every bit the Rust Belt City, you know, I mean, a lot of crime, a lot of struggles, and a lot of just like crack houses and just like bad things that happen in Cleveland, like that kid that was kidnapped and lived in someone's backyard for like three, no, for like 10 years, raised a kid. I mean, weird shit happens in Cleveland, you know, Cleveland is not as nice, it's not as safe, and the weather is worse. It's just, you know, and they don't like Baltimore only because that used to be the Cleveland Browns. And for a lot of years now, maybe 15 years, it's been a great rivalry between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, you know. And the Ravens ended up winning a Super Bowl with a quarterback that wasn't that great. Uh, they proved that you could do it, you know, with just defense. And um, and now the Steelers have a new quarterback. So here we go, you know. The rivalry is renewed. I mean, the Bengals are much better than anybody right now. So I don't think anybody's going to touch the Bengals for a few years unless that quarterback is hurt during certain years. Um, but I regress. You know, we went into football there. We went into different cities. We went into depression. Let's just take a minute to check out the minor leagues. You know, who's disappointing in the minor leagues is kind of like the game that we're playing right now. I would have to say Jared Jones is probably the number one guy that is disappointing. Hey, is Jared, I, can you be like, really worried about Jared Jones. He's not quite 21. No, I don't think we can be worried about the guy, but I think we probably all overrated the guy because, again, we were looking at his... Um, uh, well, he was a second-round pick, but I think we were looking at his highlight reel um, because as I look back at the numbers last year in Bradenton, they weren't that good. I mean, he had a 464 ERA, and he had a um, 1.47 whip and 8.6 hits per nine. You know, so, I mean, he struck out a shit ton of guys, but he was walking guys and he was giving up hits. So now that he's in um, Greensboro, we probably shouldn't be as surprised with his 6.75 ERA. Um, it's disappointing um, and it is something to watch, but he's not quite 21. And, you know, you couldn't lock him in as a guaranteed player. And you could see this is where it's got to be somewhere in between the web of nonsense, right? Uh, you can't say he's going to be a superstar, and you also can't say he's a bust. You know, it's somewhere in between, and you just have to wait and see. And people don't always have the patience, particularly these r ridiculous prospect sites, you know, that have to pick everything. They don't have the patience to see how it's going to play out. My biggest worry about Jared Jones is my biggest worry about any power pitcher. I mean, he only weighs like 180, 190 pounds, and he throws really hard, you know? And so obviously injury is a concern, you know? Whether it's straining a muscle or whether it's tearing your UCL, injury is a major concern for a power pitcher like that. I mean, Jamison Talion pitched for the Yankees yesterday, and from what I saw, he was doing okay. Um, but this guy has had two Tommy John surgeries, you know? A guy that will see... Um, this week or this weekend for um, the Reds, Hunter Green, um, he has already had a Tommy John surgery. So he's tried to slow down his velocity from 102, which he's tempted to throw, 
down to 97, you know, and Thor has actually done the same thing because he wants to stick around now that he's doing well again um, for his new team. And maybe it's the Angels that signed Thor. And I thought that was a terrible signing, but hey, the Angels are doing very good, you know. They're actually pitching well. Guy had a no-hitter the other day. The Angels are finally putting to get putting it together after years of just not putting it together. And again, it just tells you also, don't take your team for granted. I mean, you can't say that the Pirates are going to be good in 2024, 2025, 2026. You don't know what they're going to do in any particular year. I mean, because these minor leaguers are not guaranteed. There's injuries. Shit happens, you know. Plus, you got to count on the owner to keep the good players and just stop giving away veterans for no reason, you know. Um, Because even when you trade veterans, uh, you don't always get any value, you know. Like if you traded Bednar, you wouldn't get the value for Bednar that he gives you from being on your team, you know. It's just, it's nonsense, you know. Uh, and you don't want to do nonsense. Is it the web of nonsense? Maybe it is. I like nonsense. Anyway, I always use that word. But um, yeah, so Greensboro got smoked again yesterday. Uh, Jared Jones got hit around really good, and he's got a 685 ERA. Um, So we don't know what to say about that other than, well, stay tuned. I mean, he's going through a little bit of a slump right now. Hopefully he's not hurt. I mean, you never know, but I have no reason to believe that he's hurt. Uh, In Indianapolis, which is the closest to um, the major leagues, um, Cruz continued to struggle yesterday. He went one for four. Um, He's batting 186, still very far from being brought up to the major leagues. Uh, Mason Martin struggled yesterday. He went 0 for three with a couple strikeouts. Um, He's down to 245 from when he was way up there. Now, you'll notice with Mason Martin's ops, it's always good. You know, even at 245, he's got an 842 ops because that guy hits the ball hard all the time. And Cruz's um, OPS is not that good. It's only 632. Huge difference between Cruz's 632 and Mason Martin's 842, you know. Um, So, yeah, nobody really stuck out. Um, I did focus on Cannon Smith Nigma the other day. Um, He's got his average up to 230. So at some point, they're probably going to bring him up. Um, But they did not play Rodolfo Castro yesterday because they knew that he was going to be on uh, the team for this um, series. Uh, In Indianapolis, Cody Bolton did okay. Not particularly good, but okay. Um, He went 3.2 innings, gave up four hits and two walks. You know, so his whip was approaching two. Um, He gave up two earned runs and he's got a 476 ERA. So, He's just not ready yet, you know? That's the deal with Cody Bolton. I mean, you don't really have to look into that too much other than, you know, he looks like he's his leg is probably better, but he's just not ready yet to come up to the major leagues. And I don't see anybody on this team that's ready to come up to the major leagues other than um, the guy who's coming up today, uh, Rodolfo Castro. And he wasn't really tearing the cover off the ball, um, but he's a guy that has major league experience, you know? He's like um, uh, Diego Castillo, you know, has a sa- about the same amount of at-bats now. He still has more at-bat- career at-bats than Diego Castillo. And we need guys on the team right now um, because Mariznick is hurt. And, uh, you know, we're very thin on position players. Um, so, uh, it's surprisingly, we're pretty good with pitchers. You know, we got some good pitchers in the... Not good, but... 
we have some good relievers in the majors, and we have some starters that we think have potential. But we also have guys in AAA that aren't that bad, you know. Plus, you got um, Michael Burrows, who's not too far off. So um, pitching is actually ahead of the hitting right now. Uh, And I thought it had been ahead of the hitting for quite some time. Um, Let's see. Tanaj Thomas took the loss yesterday. So that wasn't great news in Altoona. And nobody really hit anything in Altoona yesterday. Um, But I'll check it because the catcher's up there. You know, our number one pick. Um, Altoona. No, I don't think he played yesterday. Um, Sable caught yesterday. So he got the day off. Um, Connor Scott continues his um, struggles uh, since starting out super duper hot. He went 0 for 4 and now he's down to 273. Um, Triolo is only batting 276. Nick Gonzalez got a couple hits yesterday, thank God, and he's batting 194. And another one, thank God, is Matt the Bat Frazier. Um, two hits and he's up to 167. And the biggest thing yesterday is that Leover Paguero had a couple hits and didn't have any errors. So I'd say all the good news, I mean, all the, most of the news in Altoona was good news. And you have a good team in Altoona. Uh, most of the news in um, Indianapolis was just, eh, you know, nobody's really blowing the cover off the ball. You know, from O'Neill Cruz to Kenneth Smith Nigma uh, to any other prospects we might have out up there. Um, even Rowanzi Contreras is not looking quite as lights out as Michael Burroughs because he's been walking guys, you know, and he might still be struggling with his health a little bit as far as just being able to stretch out his forearm to the point where he can do whatever the fuck he wants to the ball, you know, which is what normally what Rowanzi Contreras did last year. Um, so that's a nice Thursday 30 minute segment. We got into a lot of stuff. We got into the web of nonsense. We got into some mental health stuff. We got into how Cleveland is a shithole. You know, I dropped the F-bomb more than I usually do. So enjoy the the Red Series. I'm really looking forward to it. Should be lots of hitting because we're getting into hitting season. Peace.